Hello and welcome back to another edition of Kent and the Steering Team for another week. Once again, you're joined by my good self, Phil, and my good mate, Drew. Hello, Drew. Hello, Phil. Hello. Uh, unfortunately, Hello. Kent can't be with us this week. Um, he is unfortunately um, wrapped up in the pile of scarves and on his way to the cold regions of the north. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Um, on this show, Drew... We have a couple yes. of good things, a couple of good things, a couple of interesting things, um, some news on some Chicken Run, that's a film that, uh, not not necessarily just the run of chickens for them to run back and forth, but actually the film that we all love dearly, we've got some news on that, um, I'm going to talk about a little bit of a flight that I took, it's a little flight, that, that uh, just to confirm, a little one, halfway around the world, world it was, just a, just a little one, um, and uh, lastly, what was the last topic we we're going to talk about? I keep forgetting it. Uh, shopping and uh, how shopping, seasonal right. shopping works. <laughs> Absolutely. Correct. That's yes. what we're going to talk about. Um, yes. So all that and not much more. Basically that uh, on this edition of Kent and the Steering Team. And Drew, of course, because it is 110. Oh, Are we right? Goodness, 110. Time flies when you're having fun by the looks of it, I think. Are we having? Yeah, kind of a question is that. Of course, we're having fun. Yeah, were well, you gonna? You were gonna ask me? Are we having fun? Yes. Yeah. Fun is oh. being had. If I we think. weren't having fun, we wouldn't be at one hundred and ten. No, well, that's exactly. It would have stopped at about four, or something like that. Um, I often yeah, wonder okay, how fun. we how we didn't stop at four, but you know. <laughs> um, I often wonder the same thing, but yet here we are, slowly dabbling. Um, or, or, or dribbling along at, at some sort of rate. Um, and, and further distancing yeah, ourselves from number four. <laughs> Basically. Well, distancing ourselves from, again, the, thir- the first 35 or whatever we, we, we refuse to listen back to because they're just truly the most awful, awful Pretty things much. We've, ever, we've ever done. Mm. Yes. Yeah, basically. Um, first things first, Drew. I'm a realist. Yes. No. Uh, first things first. Uh, chicken run. <laughs> chicken run. Um, for some reason, we've both been talking a lot about chicken run of late, uh, both to each other and just also just in our lives, whether it be oh. watching it or just thinking about it or talking about it. Well, I find it funny that, that you mentioned it. Okay. For those of you out there, <laughs> yes. this is the first time I've spoken to you since you left the country. And yes, the, one of the true. first things you mentioned to me is something about Chicken Run. By weird coincidence, mm. I watched Chicken Run last night, and even had even only... funnier, even funnier, e- even funnier. I'd watched only started watching it. Oh, sorry, I only watched the last half of it or the second half of it on like Sunday night or something like that, Jeez, or Saturday night or something. Too good. That's yeah. too good. So somehow, and I'd only yeah. been reading the the stuff you're about to talk about. I'd only been reading about it two days ago. It's, yes. Oh, it's now been a... That stuff... It, it, look, it, you're right. It's been a weird, weird kind of loop and connection. And and yep. it, it's, it's it's this weird thing. It's almost that that twin thing when they kind of have that, that, that connection or something like that. We must have that by now, seeing as we've done so many of these episodes together and just spent so much time each, uh, in each other's presence. But basically, what, what I was going to mention, um, not only is Chicken Run phenomenal, but by the looks of it, Chicken Run Two may very well be in pre-production right now. Well, they've they've confirmed it's in pre-production. 
Yes, but I don't want to get my hopes up too much because I think that this thing has been a long time since okay, the first one. I would hate that, for something to. Fair. Yeah, you know, well, they, they, they're just finishing up on Sean the Sheep. I can't remember what it's called, but the Sean the Sheep film. Um, and uh, it's like some sort of Armageddon thing in the title. Farmageddon. It was Farmageddon. Farmageddon. That's what it was. It. Where did Sean the Sheep come from? I mean, I, no, no, I know where Sean the Sheep came from. We, it came from that episode of of Wallace and Gromit. Um, Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, a close shave. Yeah. Um, but why is it taking off so much? Why isn't Wallace and Gromit taking off as much? Why isn't I? No, I don't mean that. I mean. Why well, are there so many? Why is there a children's series about Shaun the Sheep and not Wallace and Gromit? Well, the the guy that voiced Wallace died, of a, course, a year or two ago. So I could that, understand that, why true, they choose but, but, not to continue it. Well, yeah, no, I no, I, I get that entirely. But but also, Shaun the Sheep has had a series, and it's what's it? It's like it's fourth or fifth run or something like that. You know, it's yeah, it's. It, there's been more about Sean the Sheep than there ever was about and then, Wallace and Gromit. You know, and Wallace Sean, and Gromit had that one film. But then Sean the Sheep also had mm-hmm. its own spin-off because it's had Timmy time as well. So there's a spin-off from the spin-off. Yeah. Wow. And they're just going to keep going with that. Yeah. Bit sad. I, I want a crime drama about the penguin from The Wrong Trousers. Yes, absolutely. That would I would get on board with that so much more a, than a gritty stop motion crime drama just about the penguin and have the whole thing be silent. Yeah, well, Sean the she- Sean is probably the most annoying character because he's like he's a pain in the ass. He ruins everything. He's a pain in the ass, but I like I can't not watch it. I I really enjoy Sean the sheep. <laughs> I, I wish it had the it. woman, and I wish it had the dog. The dog, oh my goodness. Yeah, because remember how the dog turned, which is a robot, turns into a good robot at the end of it? Yeah. Yeah, they should have that in Sean the Sheep. That should be there. But the whole idea is that it wants to distance itself and be its own thing. But it shouldn't. It should pay pay respects to its roots. Yeah. It's the most important thing. Anyway, long story short, Chicken Run... Chicken Run. Pre-produ- oh, Chicken Run 2 is in pre- pre-production. Drew, thoughts, feelings, uh, ideas, where do you think it will go? What do we reckon? I don't believe it needs a sequel, but I'm also not really arguing with it either, because like any sensible person, I absolutely adore Chicken Run and have adored it since it came out 19 years ago, people. Yeah, it came out in the year 2000. Yeah, let that which sink is the most in crazy thing. Like, it just blows my mind that Chicken Run... Yeah, Chicken Run... Ca- yes, Sarah Moon. Chicken Run came out in 2000. Oh, my God. 19 years yes, old. Yes, Sarah Moon. Yes. 19 years. Yeah. Yes, 19 years. It's it's ridiculous. Can you believe that? But what, a, but what a great film it is. It's just... it. I. It's one of those movies that you can say is timeless. It is, and 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 it, I can't fault it on it. it it's fantastic animation. It's a great storyline. It's a very enjoyable storyline. It's very funny. It's it's serious as well. It's liberating, and then it's also kind of shows the greediness of man. It, it like it tells yeah. so many different stories all at once, but it's also just such a good film. It's a kids' film, and it's an adults' film. 
It's yeah. in everyone's film. It does. It pixels. It pixels <clears throat> the stop motion world. You know, it it really just. It's such an everyone film that it can be enjoyed enjoyed throughout one's life and timelessly. You know, I, I loved it when it first came out, and I love it now, and I've watched it countless times, and I'll watch it a countless... You know, I'll continue to watch it countless times forever. Yeah, of course. Like, of course. It's... Uh, when I was when I was watching it last night, there were a handful of jokes in there that I, I think even mm-hmm. as a teenager, I didn't quite pick mm-hmm. up on everything in there, and I was like, oh my god, this is just... Mm-hmm. It really is brilliant the amount of foresight that was in there and the duality of the audience in all the jokes it was yeah, so and what smooth I, the, <laughs> yeah the, the other thing that i love about chicken run as well is is and i really only noticed it the latest time that i watched it fully is the stereotype of the people that the chicken are portraying um it yes it's a british film and yes it's almost british stereotypes but at the same time you mm. know you can see the sort of person in in what chicken is playing who in in kind of the world yeah. and how you know humans are dictated by you know government or something like that or dictated by life is dictated by someone else we're not all equal that kind of thing you know it it it's just interesting to see the different stereotypes and the different chickens and and mm. who everyone plays um you know, Ginger is, you know, portraying almost the libertarian or the, the, the almost slightly hipster, I think, slightly hipster sort of, um, person, you know, especially with that little, yeah, like not, not entirely and not massively. And I think hipster is probably not quite right, but you know, that's a freedom fighter. That's yeah, exactly. Because she Um, she acknowledges in there, yeah, we could get one chicken out or two or three at a time, but that's not the point. We need to get everyone out and she won't leave unless she can get all of them out. Yeah, exactly. And then we have Babs, who's such a playful kind of... She kind of covers a couple of people. She covers... um... I don't know why, but I view her to be both kind of not very a little bit ignorant yeah. because she is very ignorant that's and that's intentional um she also kind of portrays to me not the elderly but that kind of boomer yeah, mentality the, the, of not yeah. really understanding the yeah the yeah, the she, issues of what what things cause i find a few of them um, fit the boomer bill actually there's a few of them in there. Yeah, that's that's true. A lot of them do. Yeah, there there is there is there is. A, but Babs yeah, has exactly. this and, and, and then innocence to her and that sweetness, and they, they, you can't watch it and not acknowledge they they give her the best lines. They really do. Oh, are we going on holidays? The, no. <laughs> the you be- not. The best lines in that movie go to Babs and Mister Tweedy. <laughs> Yeah, I think so too. It's all in my um, head. It's all in my head. <laughs> I do actually. I really, really like the fact that that um, as much as I hate Mrs. Tweedy because she's a bitch. Yeah, she's also, you know, it's a strong female character versus a dumb guy. Which yes, that has been throughout films a lot for a long time. You know, look at look at 101 Dalmatians, for example. Mm. But there, even we have that kind of same role reversal, um, which which didn't happen as often. 
in film and it's ago. happening there. So I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, so I also, look, there's a, the, I noticed something last night, which I kind of mm-hmm. like with this. Have you noticed in there when, like, yeah, she's all of that and she's, I find it really funny because she married into it. Like, she's not born Tweety. She married into it and decided to yes, turn the whole thing which over I didn't notice till and, the other time. And break four generations or something of tradition. But mm-hmm. when they get the pie machine and they get all, ex- like, she gets all excited and, and she measures them up and, and gives them the extra chicken feed... She actually pinches Mr. Tweety on the bum and has a, a cheeky grin on her face. Yeah. It's the funniest yeah, thing. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's so funny because- And I, I, I also love the fact that, that they call the pies Mrs. Tweety's pies yeah. because, as she says, it has a woman's touch. Makes the, um, makes the public fall in love with it or something. <laughs> exactly right. Like, it's just about making it sound more Appealing feminine and, and yeah. kind. Yeah. It's so like, it's just clever. Such a clever film. It's very sharply written, and... Oh, there's something... All the Aardman productions have been immaculate. I, I really... I really struggle to find a weak link in there, particularly in the movies. Like, the Wallace and Gromit movie is fantastic because it doesn't repeat the, the episodes in any way. No, exactly. Like it, is, it is something is entirely so much different. its own thing. Even even the um, the computer animated one, Flushed Away, is not a bad movie. It just mm. like, and I I would argue that's their weakest entry. The Pirates Band of Misfits is stupidly <laughs> funny and underrated, and more people should watch it. But I which s- one's the one the conversation based one? The documentary series with conversations. Which one? They do a series where there's um not cracking contraptions. It's no, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Anyway, but the the, po- the point is that they do such a wide range of things, but also they're all they're great social commentary, but they're also really really well done. Like they're mm. all such sharp, sharply written things, and it's like for a bunch of guys, which are just a bunch of animators, you know, if you look at it like that. They're not. They're so good at writing. Like they're so sharp with their writing. Have you read about about the plans for the company and how the company actually runs? The founders of Ardman very briefly handed the company yeah. over to the employees. The employees own the company and run it, which is fantastic. It's it is. It just shows that there are. It, it's such a genuine, nice company with very nice people in it. Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate that and, and just how sweet it all is. Mm. But also that they do such fantastic things. They really do. You know, it, it, they could be like it, it could be a story about a company that is nice and sweet. Eh, not very good at what they do, but look, at least they're nice and sweet. But no, these guys are nice and sweet and do such amazing work. They do. I, 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 remember, I remember thinking like it was really odd when Chicken Run came out because all we'd seen from them was Wallace and Gromit. And it was like, oh my god, it looks like Wallace and Gromit, but it's not Wallace and Gromit, it's something new and different. Yeah, I, I have to say, I love the, um, I love, I love the mouths in it, you know, to see yeah. the, the mouths all, all smiling, like, or, or doing that kind of weird underbite thing. The mouths yeah, I think and it the looks eyes, really, really cool. it's just, it's such a trademark it's look for so, them. It's so, yeah, it's so Wallace and Gromit, 
but I love it. Like it's such a cool look. It's it's ridiculous looking, but I love it. It's what are you doing, Sarah Moon? She's moving. Oh, moving all the laundry around. Oh, Sarah Moon. It's okay. I'm going. It's okay. Um. Yeah, in our in our new flat here, we'll get back to that a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, what do you think, Drew? What do you think they're going to do for the second one? There's no confirmation on obviously because they're only in pre-production. No confirmation on whether we'll get any of the stars back again, um, or whether it's a continuation of the story or not. But think, uh, what what do you think? Uh, I don't know, and that's kind of cool. I think if they continue with the characters, they have to make sure that they have the voice cast back. And I think yep. I think they can now. I think enough time has passed that Hollywood has accepted Mel Gibson back, so that's not really an issue. Like he's been nominated for Oscars no, in I the last so. few years, yeah. so it's yeah, like they've welcomed him back and and they've accepted the fact that he's there to stay. So that's not an issue. That mm-hmm. it comes down to story, and I don't understand how you continue the story. You you have a couple of options. You either continue as if the last 19 years haven't passed, which yep. I'm, tempted, from where we I'm were. tempted to think they might actually do that. Or you go, yeah, some time has passed. Maybe not the full 19 years, but time has passed. And you take it in another direction. I'd, and you started off on the, the chicken sanctuary. Yeah, I'd, I'd feel a little disappointed if if they kicked it off as if no time had passed and had the Tweeties trying to chase down the chickens, that would, that would, I, I think that it would be, I, I think it would be not fair for the chickens and with a story. And I think it would be a little bit cheating for the audience. Oh yeah. If they did what, cause it would cheapen. If the they original. did what like star Wars exactly. Like if you do what like star Wars did in the reboot where you just kind of say all that happiness that we kind of left them to disappear off into the sunset on, for the last 19 years wrong it's actually turned out that they don't actually have that much kind of safety and security and freedom you know the sanctuary doesn't exist and and i think that would be wrong to do i think that we are owed the story that they kind of set up i think should continue that is what you've set up you set up that they're happy and they're going to be free that's what you have to work with you can't go and say actually wrong this is what we think. Maybe their sanctuary that they fled to is about to get um, overrun by apartments or something. I could see that. Yeah, I think because that's I could, again that's that's that social commentary that would be relevant, and I think that would be okay. Yeah, I would just hate to see the Tweeties come back in and be like, eh, "Wrong, we're coming back for you." Like, no, let them let them just have to deal with something. I have no problem yeah. with them having to deal with another issue, just not the same issue. Yeah, and have them have like. You call it chicken run, like it, it, and that's what it is. It's them fleeing something. But I would, hmm. I would say, yeah, have it the, um, that some sort of thing is being built up on the land that they're living on, hmm. and you parallel something else, like how Chicken Run is paralleling The Great Escape. You you have them do that to another classic story or film or hmm. something. Can we just, for a moment, yes. talk about the fact that the name is such a clever name, Chicken Run? Oh, yeah. Because it, it, it is both the idea of escape, it's 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 run, you know, you're on the run. Yep. But also, that's the name of what they live in. <laughs> that, like, it is a chicken run. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, I, find, I just find that such a clever name, and it took me so long before I understood what a chicken run was. And I, I, and I just, I love that. I love the, the, the cleverness of the name. I remember... Um, 
around the time that the movie came out it probably would have mm-hmm. been just before or yeah just before the movie came out we moved out of castle hill and into kellyville and mm-hmm. maybe like just after the movie came out maybe a six months to a year after the movie came out a charcoal chicken shop opened up like a hundred meters from our place in this little cluster of shops and they called the shop chicken run of course and it was there for it's clever years and years like it's been replaced now with another chicken shop and whatever because you know things change times change but for mm-hmm. years even after we left sydney and moved to the mountains it was still there as chicken run See, and I'm sure that would have just tied into that kind of um, nostalgia for you. It made me laugh. Both the film, because it would have been like, oh. It was just so great. (laughs) Oh, Chicken Run. But yeah, look, I'm not not opposed to it. It it is one of those things where I firmly believe there is no need for the sequel. There's not. I I completely agree. I completely agree. This is the second time I've had this kind of discussion with someone today. I've already had a discussion... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, a movie called The Craft. It's a, like a, no, I haven't like seen it. It's like a late 90s, early 2000s movie about a group of girls at a Catholic school who practice witchcraft. Right. Right. No, I haven't seen that. Anyway, Bloomhouse Pictures are remaking it. And, oh, and right. you know, Bloomhouse does a lot of fairly decent horror movies, like B-grade horror films. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're remaking it, and they've got David Duchovny on board to be in it. And I, okay. I was having this discussion today with someone who really enjoys the original, and we both agreed like there's no need to remake it. Why would you bother? There's no need. Yeah. To, there's no need to touch an original. And and we got from there to the point of, you know, there's no need for sequels to things. Like some things can just have one and be done. Yeah, and and look, and I think Chicken Run is absolutely there, but I think that based on the the sincerity of Ardman, I think that I trust them to do a good sequel. Yeah, I think that they wouldn't they wouldn't do one for the sake of doing one. They would do one if they thought that they could make something that was genuinely good, which is so hard to say these days because so many companies that we used to say that about yeah. have proven to be absolutely pathetic at making a sequel and in fact tarnishing their original work. And yet Ardman get a lot of goodwill. A of it. They get a lot of goodwill from us. Yeah, uh, well, absolutely. And, and I can't fault them on anything that they've done. Like, you know, there's, there's I don't, I mean, Sean the Sheep is, is I think that look at something that works for them so they've gone with it and it's continued to mm. work sure I probably missed the boat on Sean the Sheep because I thought Sean the Sheep was, Sheep was one of the most annoying characters in Wallace and Gromit but I think that kids it appeals to kids and if it makes kids happy it makes kids happy like go for it do what you want to do I think I think um, you'd enjoy and, and, it but you'd have to be in the right head space to give it a whirl yeah exactly I think so too and um, you know uh, I think that Chicken Run 2 could be done so well by them. So I, I think that there's not... I don't really have... Mm. I'm more excited... Uh, unlike other sequels and things where I'm a little bit hesitant and a little bit unsure and a little bit kind of... I'm like wincing and expecting kind of like a crash. Yeah. I'm expecting this to go well with Chicken Run because I think that, again, the company is... I don't think they'll do anything to stuff up the 
their own work. I, no. Again, I feel like they're one of the most genuine kind of nice companies. The, they do things they're very, nice they're very because careful. they're nice people. They're very careful with their projects. And on top of that, you would have to be, you would have to give it so much thought because it takes so long to make a stop motion film. Yeah, it's not worth them doing a bad job on no, it. No, it, it's, it's not worth the effort. It's not a short process. It's like Laker is super handpicky with their stop motion films as well. I, I mean, you've been telling me for months to check out the most recent one of theirs, Missing Link. I still haven't watched it, but mm-hmm. but I, I know how good Laker's work is. But Coraline is one of the best stop motion films ever made. Mm. Like, and I think Missing Link is fucking amazing yeah. I, I do need to yeah I, um, missing link is so i need good. to watch it but before i even get to that i've got i still got to watch kubo and the two strings which i made a point of going out and purchasing because enough people told me how good it was i was like okay okay i will get it and have it ready to go but i will get there and i will, I will watch it, it all i you know how much i love stop get motion on it, please Just yeah nightmare before christmas is still one of my all-time favorites hmm of course and I think that I think that you'll appreciate the the scale of Missing Link. Yeah, it is one of the most it's one of the most um, ambitious stop motion films I think that's ever been attempted. Like it is so phenomenal the detail on in it. Interesting. Mm. Oh, mm. I look forward to checking it. Like out. The, the 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 Sasquatch is yeah. There's so much detail in in the character alone. Wow. You know. So uh, yeah, you'll really enjoy that. But yes, um, Chicken Run two. It is in pre-production. Let's see what happens. I'm excited. I trust them. Can't wait. Sarah and I are going to rewatch Chicken Run really soon. We we're meant to watch it the other night, in fact, but yeah, we'll get to it really soon. We are excited to to see what comes from it. Um, but also, by yeah, time, we're excited to rewatch Chicken by, Run because by Chicken the Run's time fantastic. it comes out, it'll be over twenty years. Yeah, what's the longest gap between sequels besides Star Wars? I think Blade Runner had a decent gap. Yes, it did. That's true. Um, I can't. I can't think so much. Longest gap between sequels. Mary Poppins had over fifty years. Of course, I didn't even think of Mary Poppins. Of course, of course. Hmm. That would probably be it. It could be it. I don't know. That, that's one for another day. We'll talk about that and we'll, we'll look at that and see... Gaps between and, sequels. And think of reasons. That'll be a whole episode. Gaps between sequels. Yeah, gaps between sequels and reasons why yeah. the sequels are made Oof. when there's such a long gap. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Because I think that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, I think so. I think that'll be an interesting one. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll hang on to that one. If you guys have any suggestions on what we should put in that one um, or, or can think of any long gaps between sequels... Yeah, feel free to message You don't have to go us. the specific of how many years... Yeah, absolutely. Message us on that, and we'll, yeah. um, we'll we'll be sure to talk about that. Um, moving right along, Drew, you 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 mentioned it to me before. Uh, before we went yeah. on air, can you tell me what is going on in supermarkets now? So you mentioned oh, Halloween, but you also mentioned other, another thing. Okay, please tell me. Okay, so it's one of the greatest times of year, right? Well, actually, from now to the end of the year, it's the greatest time of year. We're going from Halloween to Christmas, and yes, I know we're in Australia, or at least I am right now, but I I, I know, I know, Aussies <laughs> don't give a shit about Halloween because it's not our holiday, blah, 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 blah whatever, fuck off. I like mm-hmm. Halloween. I do. My son is born yes. on Halloween, and he loves it, and I don't care what the rest of you think. I just, it's fun. You get to dress up and just have a good time with people and 
I know that's not what the holiday is all about, but you know, for us in Australia, that's what we make it all about. Anyway, went to, where did I go to? I, I saw a little bit of it at Coles the other week, a couple of weeks ago. That was awesome. Uh, went to Kmart, saw the Halloween gear out at Kmart and got all excited. You know, they have heaps of costumes there for kids and whatever. I was like, yes, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Then, <laughs> then I went to the 24 hour Kmart in Sylvania the other night. Right. Yes. Went in, wasn't there for Halloween things. It was actually there to get a phone cradle for the car. Wound up getting a Fleetwood Mac t-shirt, t-shirt as well, because it's me. <laughs> Um, anyway, I've walked in, I've walked through the middle of the shop, by the way, for those of you that haven't been to the 24 hour Kmart in Sylvania, it has not had the refurbishment that every other Kmart has had. It still looks like a mid nineties Kmart. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's, that's best Kmart. Like, I swear, I still expect to see the four sided box in the middle of the store that carries all the videos. Like, it's like that. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Anyway, the spot where... where what, what would you call it? The... I know I know what we call it in our... Or your former job, but my still current job. Yes. But, you know, the area that's constantly changing to, to suit the season? Um, this, the, uh, seasonality yeah, the, the, yeah. display, I yeah, guess. Yeah, whatever yeah. the, you know. Anyway, I, I walked by it and I, I didn't even think about it at first. Like, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to walk past the Halloween display or anything like that. But then mm-hmm. I got hit like a wrecking ball coming through a bloody brick wall. No Halloween, none whatsoever. Christmas. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. We're, we're only in the second week or, 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 or you know, we're halfway through October. Yes, but, but so much Christmas. Christmas isn't meant to start in shops until mid-November. Yeah. And because I'm Drew, I think out loud and I talk to myself and I took one look at him and I made a comment about it and there was someone working for Kmart that heard me and just sort of turned and gave me a funny mm. look. I was like, well, you're probably the idiot that set it up, so surely you thought it as well. Yeah. Surely. Like, why would you... It, oh. It's too early for it's... that. I mean, again, I know that I know that Halloween isn't an official holiday in Australia, but shops are now getting involved with Halloween, which I don't have so much of an issue with. I don't have a problem with that so much. The issue I have is with... Um, I heard another one the other day. I, th- I think it might have been my sister that told yes. me that she was at Coles and they brought out the Christmas stuff and started stocking it. And then someone came running out going, no, 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 you got to take it back. You got to put the Halloween stuff out first. <laughs> wow. You're seeing it in motion, just- people. Again, see, even the supermarkets are getting confused about what the hell they're yeah. meant to do with the celebrations. Yeah. And I guess this this developing strength and and... and, and- this storm of, of Halloween and, coming through, it's getting stronger each and every year. So I guess it's now really making stores have to think about and it. And just for the cherry on top, it was, I, someone put this on Facebook the other day. I, I read it on my feed. A friend of mine goes, right, spotted the first hot cross buns of the season already at Coles at such and such. 
already. But Drew, we're in October. We have Halloween to come. We have Christmas to come. We have New Year's to come. We have Valentine's Day to come. And we're already getting hot cross buns. You know what? Are you, you know serious? What? If all the if all the entitled, privileged morons of the world can say it, then so can we. I am offended. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's be clear. I have- I'm not offended as a Christian. I'm not offended by by it not being in the in the area of you know Easter where where mm-hmm. it's suitably religiously appropriate. I'm offended by the idiocy of people. Yeah, like like you know, <sighs> hot co- hot cross buns are don't cheapen a hot cross I can, bun. I can, no, no, exactly. And and look, look, I, I totally understand that a hot cross bun could potentially be an all year thing. If you take the cross off of it, then it's just a bun with some fruit in it, or or, or a chocolate chip one. You know, it just becomes a bun. Who cares? I have an issue with the fact that it's. The cross on it makes it specific to the, the name hot cross bun. It is more in tone with having it at Christmas. It is, uh, sorry, at Christmas, at Easter. It's, it's becoming it's an at Easter. Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, it is becoming a Christmas, oh. which is ridiculous. It's an Easter. It's linked with Easter. It kind of has heritage to Easter. Yeah. Um, I don't understand what on earth it's doing I'm now. I'm sorry. Before I'll, Christmas, I'll even. be sure to go and stock up on my Anzac biscuits in June next year. Sound sound reasonable? Yeah, make sure they're exactly yeah. exactly make them ready for the following. For yeah, look, sake. it just it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I don't think it makes sense. I think it's a bit ridiculous. I think that it's way too early. And and again, I I don't have a problem with a shop getting a head start, but that's taking the piss. Again, I already have an issue with 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 stores taking the piss with Christmas things and putting Christmas shit out in September. You know, here we are in October and or mid October and they're doing it already. Like I think that now, I think you should. Ha- I think there should be a three-week lead-up, a three-week to a month lead-up for the holidays. So I think that Christmas can start being celebrated in. But again, it depends on the um, the significance of the holiday. So Christmas, you can start preparing it in mid-November. Yes. I think that um, I think that Halloween, you should start preparing it three weeks before. Yep. So you know, uh, at the end of the first week of October, start celebrating or, or putting Halloween shit out. Easter, start putting things out a month in advance. Like, that's another one of those ones that you can put out a month in advance. Um, Anzac Day things, I think that you can start doing it a month in advance. But again, because it's not really a celebration so much, no. it's more of a remembrance. You can't really be outlandish and all, like, over the top and But there's and only, there's only three celebrations that transcend the countries. Mm-hmm. Three, four. We'll say mm-hmm. four. So we're going to count Halloween in there because it's because the world is becoming so multinational. Like all the countries mm-hmm. are starting to blend. We're becoming a global community, yada, 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 right? Yeah, it's globalization. Yep. yep. Anyway, yeah, let's count Halloween in there. And right? the Hallmark event. Yes. But traditionally, mm-hmm. it's Easter, it's Christmas, and it's New Year's. Yep. Maybe Valentine's Day in there as well. Yeah, but Valentine's doesn't have... Valentine's has a one-week lead-up. Like... Yeah. Like, they don't bother any further than that. It's like... No. It's it's just ridiculous. Christmas, 
five weeks. I give it a five week lead. Yep. I think that's And okay I give too. it the five week lead because that's what Love Actually gave it. Five mm-hmm. weeks to Christmas because it was a realistic amount of time where it was on people's minds and it started working its way through into preparation. Yep. So I get that. That's what mid November, isn't it? Five yeah, weeks mid no- mid November. I mean, I'd even I'd even or say early you know, start of November. Yeah. Uh, November, yeah, November and Christmas. November and December can be Christmas months. Halloween. I'm happy to give it from October first. I really mm-hmm. am because that's that's when the season really kicks in. Particularly, this is mm-hmm. this is far more a Northern Hemisphere thing because autumn or the fall, fall. Yeah, yeah, fall starts at September, but it really kicks in in October. So yep. it makes sense to run it that way. It just uh, no, I can see the that shops too. should and, move and with it. I I agree, and I think that it 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 starts to. What I'm finding as I get older is that that the longer these things are in stores, and you know you don't see it as much. And when when you're a kid, you kind of only go to the shops with your parents a couple of times. You're not there every time, um, so you kind of get excited by it because you then go, "Wow, look, it's Christmas things," and you don't see it again. And you go, "Wow, again," when you see it again, mm. and then it's Christmas. Um, when when you get older and you see it all the time, you know, once a week even, and or, or more in some cases, it starts to cheapen it and it starts to dilute it you know it's not this concentrated kind of hit of wow christmas is here it becomes more like oh god here's the christmas stuff and then oh the christmas stuff is still there and oh the christmas stuff is still there and oh they're playing the carols oh the they're playing the same carols same carols are gone uh, again and then oh look at that then there's all the crowds and then it's just chaos and now i hate it now i'm finished with it sick of it boom you know it's it just starts to take the edge off of it and the shine off of it the older we get and and the and the more they drag it out and the longer they they advertise the stuff yeah so i think that it's almost i think they're going a bit too far i don't think i know they're going a bit too far with it and i think that they're going to start to deplete the significance not just from the real reason the you know the religious significance but also the um the, the holiday spirit, the, the the celebrate with family, the be together with family thing, I think that will start to soften out as well mm. with how much they're pushing it and the commercialism of it. And I think that's sad. And many, uh, well, a couple of years ago, even quite recently, I wasn't really on board with the idea of Halloween. Whatever. Look, I'm at the point now, I'm like, just go with it. Look, <laughs> Australia is so Americanized anyway. And so... You know, the Hallmark effect has taken such control over all the celebrations anyway. And you look at the commercialism of, of it all. If it means that chocolate and sweets and lollies are on sale, ugh, I don't care. Whatever. Um, I, I still, I say it all, all every year about Halloween. I've said it on every Halloween episode we've done. Um, about the idea that my, my neighbor who was from the US... Mm wanted to bring it to Australia for her children. And I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate how she does it, you know, with the flyers that go out just before I left um, home, we had the flyer arrive in the mail. Of course. And it was there for, you know, it, and that's a great idea. I think that's such a good idea and communities all over Australia should adopt that. If you want to be a part of it, put the flyer up, put a flyer up. If you don't want to be a part of it, well, don't put the flyer up and kids won't come and bother you because you don't give a shit and that's fine. Mm. You don't have to. No one's asking you to. 
for those that are interested, be interested. Those that are not, don't be. I think that's cool. I think that works. I don't appreciate it being shoved down everyone's throats all the time like they are with Christmas, Easter, uh, Valentine's Day, and now Halloween. Yeah. But, no, you know, that's fair. Yeah, that's... That's yeah. fair. Um, You're about to experience yes. um, Halloween in a in a different form, aren't you? Yes, I am, and I've seen Halloween decorations up at some shops and all the really? stuff that you can buy as well. Yeah, I've already seen it in the shops. Um, mind you, we are only two weeks out, something like that. We are. We are. Uh, yeah? Yeah, we can have two weeks. Uh, uh, two weeks. For you, it's... What time? It's Friday over there, isn't it? It's yeah. Friday mid around midday or one thirty. Yeah, one one. Yeah, one thirty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Two weeks from yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Um, yeah, I am about to celebrate that, and that's because I am now living in the UK. Uh, time of me being here is TBD uh, to be decided in the future. We're just gonna play it by ear and hang out here as long as it works for us. Um, the end goal is we'll get to Norway for some time. And, uh, yeah, but... Um, Eventually make your way home. It works for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is that is still the plan, yeah. um, I would like to think. Uh, but, look, you know, we might fall in love with one of the places and stay here. But, no, look, who knows? Um, I'm a couple of days into being here. But, yeah, of course, that meant that, that... That is mainly why this episode is out a little bit late. We apologize for that. But um, we just, it just didn't line up. One, jet lag got it, got a hold of me. Two, we have to get used to the time zone difference again. And three, we just didn't get up on time. And but Ford, look, it's and fine. Ford Whatever. Drew was exhausted last night. <laughs> but I think that's totally I allowed. Fell as- I, totally I fell did. asleep. <laughs> that's allowed, Drew. With- it's allowed. <laughs> I got home, I think, 20 minutes before you were due to get home. I put on an mm-hmm. episode of How I Met Your Mother and then proceeded to fall asleep and woke up 20 minutes after you had messaged me. See, that's totally loud. It's At fine. which point it was... I don't think anyone's, com- I don't think anyone's complaining too no. much about it, to be honest. I haven't heard any... I haven't seen anyone with a, with pitchforks, you know, and flame I haven't had any messages on, like the, that, so. on the, the social media pages or anything, so... No, exactly. Everyone's fine with yeah. it. Everyone's accepting. Everyone forgives us. Um, but yeah, I had to get here. And, and to get here, Drew, I took a um, a route that I wanted to take for a while. And that was um, Sydney to Perth, Perth to London, and then London to Manchester, where my lovely Sarah Moon picked me up from and uh, drove me to our new apartment in Leeds. So you did the crazy um, direct flight. I did, and let me tell you, that was a very good decision. I have no regrets whatsoever, and I think that everyone should should do that. Um, really? Perth Airport. Perth Airport isn't very special. Um, it's nothing really to, to, to <laughs> shout about, but who cares? It doesn't matter. Look, the, the flight, though, was... It was nice to go straight from Australia into Europe or into London. Um, yeah. I know that I could have made it easier for myself and, say, swapped at, like, Dubai and gone straight to Manchester, so it was only one swap, but I I think that it, I think one of my biggest complaints, say, for example, on the flight, I've I've had the the flight from Sydney to New York um, a couple of times now, Mm. um, and I think one of my biggest complaints about it, or at least flying to the US, and one of my biggest complaints about it is that 
Sydney to LA is 13 hours, and then LA to New York is about five hours or so, give or take. Um, I think that the biggest frustration is that swap at LA. It feels like such an unnecessary kind of swap. I, I get that it's because planes can't make it that far at the moment, although Qantas is trying to change that. But it's just annoying having to... You've had 13 hours on the plane, you get off the plane, and it's kind of like, okay, am I done? No, I'm not. I've got to go through immigration, I've got to get my suitcase, and I've got to recheck my suitcase in again and change it to a domestic flight, even though it's the same Qantas flight that I was just on. I'm, I'm going domestic, but I'm not really going domestic. Yeah. And then you fly again the rest of the way. I think that the nice thing about this was that it was... There was no kind of halfway change. No halftime mm. interchange. No swap. It was just get to, to, to London. That's it. Finished. Done. I'm there. And that worked really well. I ended up getting about... So the flight was about just under 17 hours. About 16 hours, 50 minutes or so. And I got... 10 hours or so of sleep on the plane. I got a really solid sleep in. Mind you, I had a little bit of a cold, but I got a really solid sleep, and I think that that was really good because despite the fact I've been finished, uh, like, you know, feeling tired at about 10 o'clock, which is quite early for me, um, I think that it, it really helped with jet lag, and they do a good job on the flight of adjusting for that. You know, they, they intentionally tell, they tell you before... Um, meal service starts they say okay after the meal service normally the pl the lights will go out and it's kind of will leave you to go to sleep on this flight we're going to leave the lights on a little bit longer just so that way you can try and adjust to London time faster yeah. and I tell you what it really works and, and despite the fact that I was I find it very easy to fall asleep on planes I find it difficult to stay asleep on planes um, which often leads to broken sleep but I really pushed myself to stay awake um, and in staying awake that little bit longer till the lights started going out. That really helped, and I really adjusted very quickly. And again, it was all about not having that. What would what otherwise, on a normal flight, you know, with a stopover in, say, Dubai or Abu Dhabi or um, Bangkok or something like that, or Singapore, yeah. a stop in the middle there would normally break up what should be your sleeping time. This meant that I really slept through the middle part of the flight, which meant that I really adjusted... To UK time. Can we also acknowledge the um, fact that you never adjusted back to Australian time anyway? <laughs> I did a little bit. I did mostly. You did a tiny bit. No, you I know. I know. In. No, Drew. Like, Drew, Drew, no, I know. I'm taking that into account. I'm thinking about that as well. But honestly, honestly, yes. I did. I, again, I think the fact that I got a 10 hour sleep in the middle really helped. I do know what you're yeah. saying, but again, that last, the last week or so, I really had to adjust to... back to Sydney time properly. Yeah. Well, I had to. I, I had to. I had. I had so many things that I had to do in the morning or in the afternoon or at night. I had to adjust back fully, and it meant that then going back again. Now going back here again, I really had to to swap it back. And and yeah. So look, I was able to turn around pretty easily. I I I'm getting better each night. Um, at falling asleep at a more normal time for me. But yeah, look, I think that was great. The flight itself, though, this is in absolutely no disrespect to Qantas because Qantas had absolutely nothing to do with it. But the, mm. the the flight part, there were no issues. The before flight and the after part, there was a couple of disasters. Um, first one was we're on uh, sitting there in Perth Airport and waiting to board, and boarding was delayed by about half an hour for some reason. 
Right. We have no idea why. But they still said, look, we should be able to get out on time, maybe a couple minutes late, but look, we're a little bit delayed with, with boarding for some reason. Whatever. Who cares? That normally that, that usually happens with planes, and they're like, look, we'll make it up in the air. There's no issues. So we boarded normally um, a little bit late, but boarded um, as if nothing had, it was wrong or anything. No, there were no issues at all. Then sitting there on the plane um, and waiting to depart... And then we had them paging for some woman, um, paging her name, and there were no responses. And then about 15 minutes later, they came onto the PA and said, okay, we apologize for the delay. Um, as you would have known, our departure time has now come and gone um, by about 10 minutes. Um, we're going to be honest with you. The delay is because a passenger who flew from Sydney, like I did, um, who flew here from Sydney and was supposed to be on this flight, by the looks of it, they've chosen not to fly um, without telling anyone, which just means that their luggage is now sitting on the plane below decks, of below deck, and uh, we're going to have to go through the luggage to find her luggage and remove it from the plane because she's not here. Oh my! What that goodness. means though is what that means though is that. We have to we have to basically take every piece of luggage off the plane until we find it and put it back on again. Ugh. And well, everyone was like, everyone was like, ah, and they're like, look, it should only take twenty minutes, and we should still be able to make that time back up again in the air. Anyway, about fifteen minutes in or so, the person sitting in front of me presses the little um, call button to get the staff to come over. Um, a flight crew comes over, um, or crew person comes over, and she says she's not feeling very well. And they go, okay, well, hop up. Come, come and have a sit up the back, or, you know, if you want to use the bathroom, you can use the bathroom. About 10 minutes later then, um, I'm looking out the window, and I can see the cargo door closing. They've finished their job. We're good to go. You know, we should be on our way. And then comes another PA announcement. Okay, look, we're going to be honest with you again. Things are going <laughs> pretty badly for us. By the looks of it, we have a passenger on board that's not feeling very well. Um, we're just seeing if they're okay. We're checking them over. Um, we're going to make a call in a moment whether or not we need to get paramedics on board um, to have a look at them and see if they're fit to fly or if we think that we should get them off the plane. Of course, that means if we need to get them off the plane, <laughs> we need to get their luggage off the plane, oh, which God, means we're going to have no. to search the luggage again. No. Uh, so there I was sitting there, and then um, about five minutes later again, St. John's Ambulance people starts walking down the, the aisle oh. to the back of the plane, where they check over the person, and then there's a PA announcement saying, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we need to keep the aisles clear because we're going to be removing removing the passenger off the plane, so we're going to have to search for their luggage. So the door opened back up again, they climbed back on, started looking for the luggage under the plane, they got her hand luggage off, and they took the passenger off. Um, another 15 minutes later or so, the door starts closing in. They go, okay, it's time for my favorite announcement. Staff, lock the doors, prepare for departure. And everyone was like, yes, like, here we go. We're on our way. So, um, my flight from London to Manchester was meant to happen. The flight was meant to land at about five o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning, London time. And my... My next flight was meant to start boarding at 6. At this point, it looked like we were going to land at about 10 to 6, I think. Um, so we were pretty close. We chewed up 
basically that entire hour of immigration time and, you know, change over time and get to the next terminal because, you know, we're landing at one terminal and departing from another for the next flight. So anyway, we get to London, we land, they make the announcement just after we land. Okay, if anyone has a really short um, turnaround time for the next flight, if everyone else can stay seated and those people that really need to rush, like run, get up and have priority to get to their next flight. Um, all those people that I've come and spoken to that I've given the orange express pass to, you go to the head of the line because obviously you've got the tightest turnaround, fl- uh, turnaround time for your next flight. Mind you, I didn't get one of these tickets, so I was like, "Oh, they didn't. They didn't speak to me." And my flight is at six. My, my flight boards at six o five. How the hell am I going to get there in time? I think because they realised that I'd run out of time and I wouldn't make it. But they made the announcement anyway. They said, "Look, all those people that have missed their connections, we've rebooked you on the next flight. You know, mm. it's fine. Just go through immigration. You'll be fine. Oh. Get to your next gate. It's whatever." Anyway. So I was going to try and run anyway. So we're lining up, <laughs> getting ready. And then uh, while we're still taxiing to the runway, no, sorry, to our, to our gate, yeah. they come onto the announcement and the plane suddenly stops in the middle of the taxiway and they go, okay, this is a bit of a joke now, but um, we <laughs> we don't have a gate yet. So no. We're going ha- we're gonna to have to sit and wait here. It's going to take about 10 minutes no. or so. No. Okay, so at this point, then we get we get to the gate. Then at six o'clock, boarding starts at six o five for me. Um, they're like, okay, once again, everyone that needs to get to their flight next, get up first. So I get up, and the guy next to me was like, "When's your flight?" And I was like, "It's boarding in five minutes. I'm not going to bother now." And he was like, "Nah, look, you know what? Just try it. Just you never know what happens. Just they might hold it. Go for it." And I was like, "Okay, fine, I will." So I got up and I went to do it. Then they come on with another announcement and go, okay, we can't believe this is happening, but we need everyone to sit down because the authorities need to come on board the plane for some reason. We don't know why, but we've been asked to make everyone sit back down so the authorities can come on board and do what they need to do. We're really sorry. So everyone sat back down and at that point I said, okay, forget it. I'm not getting that flight. Whatever. I don't care. Um... And yeah, so basically I missed my connection, but um, thankfully the, the the following connection was about an hour after that, so I didn't have to wait very long, you know, boarding. In terms of boarding, I, I think I had to wait for about 40 minutes or so, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Half the time was spent, you know, on the bus getting from one terminal to the other anyway. You know, Heathrow is such a big airport that it just took a little bit of time, and it didn't matter. I got to, um, got to Manchester, saw my Sarah Moon, and... Um, she drove us back here to our apartment, and that was Woo! it. And here I am. But that's an insane um, trip. Insane trip. Not Qantas's fault that things went wrong. No, no. All the parts that Qantas could have controlled were perfect. The flight was amazing, Excellent. and I would recommend that 17-hour flight to, to anyone. Um, the food was fantastic. I had great plain food. I was sitting yeah. there in economy. I got my favorite economy seat, which is very, very... Uh, so it's the second last row of the plane... A lot of people don't like the additional turbulence from the back of the plane. Yeah. We had really little tur- turbulence, which was great. Um, noise ca- cancelling headphones always help with being behind the plane engines. Normally it's louder. Didn't have an issue. Mm. Um, my seat is terrific because it's the second last row. It means that you get windows. It also means that you can recline fully because there's actually, behind me on the window seat, there's no seat there. Yeah. And it's because the back of the plane curves in a little bit. 
So it means that there's no seat behind me. So it just meant that I was able to recline, recline fully without feeling rude. Um, I didn't have an issue of the seat not reclining all the way against the, the, the wall behind us. Um, yeah, it worked out perfectly, and I was right near the toilets, which was convenient because I didn't have to walk very far. I was right near the um, the the, the um, help yourself bar there with all the, the the snacks and drinks and stuff like that. So it was very convenient. Great part of the plane, nice and peaceful. I watched uh, all six episodes of a Brian Cox um, series, which uh, there was about an hour and a half of, uh, sorry, six and a half hours of of, of runtime for it, and. Uh, oh. I I only just got that in, and the rest of it I was asleep. So um, yeah. So you would recommend you recommend the seventeen hour fight? I would absolutely recommend it, and again, mainly for the reason that that normally a normal flight where you have to swap in in in, uh, the Middle East or Asia, it means that would otherwise be the time for you to sleep straight through. Mm. That middle part of the flight is when you should be sleeping to adjust your time zone. Um, Normally, you'd have to wake up. Go through the process of landing, transfer, you know, try and take or take off, and then try and fall asleep again. And you've missed about three hours of sleeping time in the middle of this. It's not really working for you. So the seventeen-hour flight worked perfectly because it allowed me to sleep properly. Mm. So yeah, I would absolutely recommend it to anyone. Very good. Very interesting. Absolutely. And Drew, that now brings us on to, yeah, for sure. It. it, uh, now brings us on to our sick Kent of the week. Of course, if you'd like to be on the show, reach out to us, Carrier Pigeon, Facebook, text, email, whatever you want to send do, letter in the mail. Exactly, send a raven. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll get you on the show. If you're on the show, you're in, a ver- in with a very good chance of winning the sick Kent of the week if it's your first time on the show. Of course, if you've been on it before, you're probably not going to win it, let's be honest. Um, and uh, yeah, Drew, we have to talk about this week's one. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And that person um, in particular, I have no idea who they are because I've not even thought about it. <laughs> yeah, good. And here I thought... I yeah, you thought... Were, did, you actually... Did you think I had someone lined I up? you might have suddenly thought of one at the last no, second. No, not at all. Not at all. I don't have uh, any idea who to give it to uh, or what, what to give uh, it to. Look, it, it's Qantas for, for giving you a wonderful 17-hour fight. Okay, then that's perfect. I was thinking Qantas. I wasn't sure if you'd be like, yeah, but sure. With absolutely no one else by default, Qantas, you win this week's second of the week. Can I just say quickly, yes. though, can I just say before we, we wrap up, Qantas are actually this week, I believe, um, or in the next couple of weeks, they're testing a um, part of their project Sunrise, which is what this flight that I was on is the first part of, yeah. um, the Perth to London. Um, there's more to that. They're actually going to be testing a flight from, they're, they're getting another Boeing 787, which was the plane that I was mm. on, um, another delivery of it. It's going to be their 10th, I believe. And they're going to be flying it. Normally they fly it from Boeing's Seattle base straight to, to Australia. And that's it. It goes into service. Yep. Instead, they're going to be testing it, um, on a couple of extra project sunrise flights. They're going to have about 40 people on board, including uh, including the, the crew. Yep. It's only going to be Qantas employees. Um, and they're actually going to be doing some tests. They're going to fly it from Seattle to New York. And then with the reduced crew and reduced weight, they're going to fly it from New York to Sydney. Wow. Which is what they would like to do. Yes, yeah, so that's what they'd like to do with Project Sunrise is fly um, Sydney to New York direct. And also they're going to test the plane again and fly it from Sydney to London direct. 
which is the other part of Project Sunrise. They're the two flights that they really Can want to be able to do. Well, the flights are going to be about 20 hours, which will make them the longest flights in the world. I think yeah. the longest flight in the world is currently at about seven and 17 and a half hours, um, and that is Singapore to New York. Um, so Qantas are going to test it. The plane doesn't... The plane that will, if it goes ahead, fly this route when it comes into service doesn't exist yet. It's either going to be a Boeing 777 um, XLR, long, uh, extra long range, which doesn't again, doesn't exist yet, or a Airbus A350 um, XLR or ULR, ultra long range, which again, only exists in theory at the moment. They don't exist in practice yet. Um, Qantas is going to make a decision by the end of the year on which aircraft it would like to go with if it goes ahead. Um, Qantas are working with, um, I'm not sure which university it is, but one of the universities in Sydney and Melbourne to try and work out ways of being able to reduce jet lag, um, fatigue on crew and how to manage crew mm. on a flight like this. And if they can get all the answers they want, um, then it means they'll go ahead with it. And I think it should absolutely go ahead because I would happily fly Sydney to London direct. I would happily fly, um, Sydney to New York direct. I'm all for that Sydney to New York flight. I hate having to swap in LA. I think it would be perfect. I'm totally on board with it. It'd be so cool. It would be very cool. Um, yeah, I think it's fascinating. I think it's a fascinating study. And uh, again, they, they uh, mentioned, um, you know, the ways that they were looking to reduce jet lag on the flight that I was on. Yeah. And they, they spoke about the, the, the ways that they do it on board. So it was very interesting to hear it. It was nice to almost, you almost felt like you were part of an experiment. <clears throat> we're not. We're part of the results of an experiment. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was nice to, to be a part of that and, and hear that happen. And I think it's just, it's an interesting flight and I thought it was a very good flight. Um, so I can recommend that to anyone. If you're um, able to sleep on planes, do that one because it's easier to sleep. You get more sleep on it. But, Drew, yes. that's all I've got. That's probably all you've got. Yes. <laughs> we did it. We did it. A little bit late this episode that's is. That's okay. But we did it. We got there. That's okay. Thank we, you for being on it. As thank always. Thank you. Um, thank, you for having, thank you for having me. As always, Drew, love doing the podcast with you. Until next week. Yep. Yep.